a series that's been called The New Thing. We've been in it for a little while, and it's been so good because how many of you know that we have to get our minds right? <laughs> and when our minds are not right, well, then everything else just ain't right. <laughs> because our minds affect the choices that we make, the actions that we take, and everything that follows in along, it, it goes right from the mind. And Pastor Brandon, he brought it the last couple weeks. I just want to give him a little bit of a shout out because the, script, uh, the word that you brought the last past two weeks was powerful. It was anointed. Um, God just really spoke through you. And, and I just want to let you know that uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear those messages and you missed them, you want to go back through and you want to hear them. Win the mind. Win the mind. God's moving in your minds and he wants to do great and mighty things. But today we're going to continue to talk about the mind. And, and I'm going to talk about moms, but we're going to talk about in general today. And uh, I'm going to ask a quick question, though. How many moms in the room feel like you need a new mind? Right? Oh, come on now, y'all. Right? Yeah, hey, there, there ain't no shame in your game. I need a new mind sometimes. Right? If anyone deserves a new mind, it would be a mom, <laughs> right? Moms not only think for themselves, but for the, all their children, sometimes their spouse, their bosses, their siblings, and the list could go on and on and on of how much a mom has to think of every day, right? So if anyone, again, like I said, deserves a new mind, mamas, today's your day. If you want a new mind, ask Jesus to give you a new mind today. I believe that uh, as a mother, sometimes we need an update in our system every 24 hours, right? Like, if I, if, if I feel like I'm not answering things or doing things, I'm like, we need to, uh, the spinning wheel is just happening right here, and I don't know anymore. I don't have the answer. I, ha I normally, I know I have the answer for everything. I know you think my name is Siri, but it's not. It's mom. I don't have the answer for everything, and sometimes my mind just needs an update, but can I ask anyone else in this room today, does anyone else besides just moms feel like they need a new mind and a system update? Yeah, right? Like if Jesus could just do the control, alt, delete, and reset, you know, right now in this moment, it would be great. But in order to change our minds and receive a new mind, you have to change your mindset. Meaning whatever you set your mind on is what you go after. And if what you set your mind on doesn't change, then neither will the direction of your life. Case and example, right? We have our male lady. She is amazing. I, I love our male lady because she brings dog treats every day to our house, okay? Like, honestly, I probably wouldn't have to buy my dog treats ever because she brings them and puts them in the mailbox. And our dogs love the mail lady because they know that she brings them mail every day. Okay? And so I feel like if anybody's ever seen the secret life of pets, like our dogs are like, you got mail. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, I've got, I got a bone. But the fact of it is, is that when, that, when our dogs know that the mail lady has come, they sit at the door and their minds are set that they are getting a bone. Okay? They know when whoever goes and checks the mail, 
that there's a bone in there and that it's, it's there. Who cares about the bills or anything else like that? It, there's a bone in there and their mind is set on it. And it doesn't matter if I try to hide that. It doesn't matter where it's at. It doesn't matter if I forget about it and set it up on top of the fridge. My dog Raja is going to sniff that bone out and come to my legs until I give him that bone. He doesn't care that I'm busy, right? He doesn't, he doesn't care. And, and sometimes I think that we're kind of like the dog on a bone. Like with our mind, our mind is so set on what we think should happen and what we think needs to take place and where we think to be that when God's trying to redirect and do other things for us, we still are at his heels wanting what we want and don't want to change our mindset. We just want God to renew our mind, but we still want the bone, right? And God's wanting us to come in and he's wanting us to change our mindset. He's wanting us to change what we look after and what we set our minds on. Like Pastor Brandon said, the direction of your life follows your strongest thought. And our mind doesn't just form once we've grown up and become adults. Like it wasn't like our mindsets, our dreams, our goals just happen like today when we become adults, you know what I'm saying? Or when you turn uh, 18, 20, 21, you know what I'm saying? Your mindset forms from the time that you're a child. From the time that you're born, your mindset begins to set itself and focus on certain things that you want to do when you grow up. And most of the time, our minds are always set on something bigger and better than where we are right now, right? It's always something bigger and better. As a kid, you know, most of the time you'll say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And different things like this. And half the time, you know, they'll say things. There are a lot of times you'll hear kids say, I want to be an astronaut or I want to do this kind of thing. And, and a lot of times it's on big and better things that they want to do. Not every time does that kid become that. But the fact of it is, is we always, from a child, have our mindset on bigger and better things than where we are right now. How many of you in this room could say, my life did not end up the way I envisioned it? I'll be honest, right? Like the way that you thought life was supposed to be as a child with all your dreams, did your life turn out that way? If so, we needed your secret a long time ago, right? Whether it was good or bad, right? Because good or bad things, even good I, even here, where I am right now today, this is not what I envisioned doing for my life. Actually, this is not what I wanted to do with my life. I'll just be honest. But when God calls and he puts his calling on you and his heart on you, it begins to change. And the only reason that I'm here today is because my mind became set on God and not what I wanted. Right? Right? So I want to give you a little bit of a backstory for those of you that don't know me. And not everybody who does know me even knows some of the things that I want to share with you. And I'm just, I'm kind of going to cover my life up in a little nutshell and give you guys a little bit of a story just for a second, all right? I can remember as a kid, I grew up in a little town. The town was called Lathrop, Missouri. It's a small country hometown. Um, it is literally a town where everybody knows everybody and their family and their pets and everything like that. It was a town where um, when Brandon met me, he still talks about it today at times where we literally downtown parked in the middle of the road. Like you just parked, you just pulled off into the middle of the road and could park. Like 
right there. It wasn't a big deal. Country roads, farm living. Um, my uncle, he worked on a farm. We stayed out and went, you know, good old-fashioned mushroom hunting, fishing days, all that kind of stuff. I lived in a small country town. I actually only graduated with 53 people. <laughs> yeah. That's big, isn't it? Yeah, right. We've got graduation coming up, and I live in a city now where we have to have three different graduations and hold them at the uh, Holman Center to make sure that they're done. That's crazy to me. I graduated with 53 people. My graduation was in and out. No big deal. Okay? We would literally have to drive 45 minutes to get to a decent grocery, grocery store when I grew up. 45 minutes. We drove 45 minutes to get to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. Twice on Sunday, we would drive 45 minutes to get to church. So when y'all tell me, that's way down south, y'all don't know what down south is. That's 15 minutes, Dad. 15 minutes. I'm, I'm thinking, 15 minutes. When I was a kid, we got up an hour and a half earlier than what we had to just to get to church on time because we had to drive 45 minutes. And my mom and dad were pastors, so, so just add that up with how early. I mean, we get here at, by 8.15, 8.30 every Sunday morning. Imagine having to drive 45 minutes, babe, to church every Sunday morning. We're going to stay the night on Saturdays. <laughs> So here I am, I go, I, I grow up, I'm, I'm, I'm living far out, and as I was growing up, my mentality was literally anywhere but here, God. I do not want to live here the rest of my life. Anywhere but here. Take me anywhere but here, God. I don't want to live here. I don't want to be a part of where I am. I hated country life when I was growing up. I hated it. I wanted to be a city girl, not a country girl. I hated having to drive so far to get to the grocery stores or even see my friends, let alone when I started college and drove an hour and a half both ways every day. It was not my cup of tea. I desired the busy life of the downtown lights, shops, and nightlife. There was no way I wanted to live on a farm or near the country. I wanted to be anywhere but here at that moment. I treated my family this way. I eventually treated church this way. And then finally, I began to treat my relationship with God this way. No matter what I did, I wanted to be anywhere but here. Funny thing is, now all I long for is a lake and a farm and some chickens. <laughs> I would love to have that. So if any of you are wanting to bless us with that, we will take it. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> but for real, I would love that. And I found that as I began to fall away from God because I wanted to be anywhere but here in my relationship with him, that as I did that, I just continued to go further and further away. And once I gave my life back to Christ, it was crazy because I got married, we went into the full-time ministry, and what I realized is that mentality of anywhere but here followed me everywhere I went. It wasn't that I didn't want to be married to Brandon. It was just that every time we went somewhere, the honeymoon phase of where we were always ended, right? Because guess what, guys? We don't live life in a honeymoon phase. We live life in back to life, back to reality. Yeah, that's where we live life at, okay? That's where it's at. I knew somebody was going to say it. <laughs> 
What's crazy is that in each season of my life, as the honeymoon phase would wear off, I found myself saying, I want to be anywhere but here. I didn't want to be in the house I had. I didn't want to be in the car I had. I didn't want to be in the job I had. Do you see what I'm saying? Didn't want to be there. Then as life moved, moved along and we added kids to the mix, I definitely wanted to be anywhere but here in our first full-time ministry position because when we were there, I lived 24 hours away from any family whatsoever. It was just Brandon and I when we had our first children. And what I found was at that time that the uh, church that we had depended on no longer seemed reliable. Our finances struggled. We had no help except for a few friends. We had made our marriage began to struggle. And anywhere but here in every area would have been to me much better. In desperation, we moved home. We needed a lot of help in every area. Every part of our life was in shambles. At the time, home at that moment was in Baxter Springs, Kansas, where my parents lived at the time, and this became our home. We had moved in with our parents. Yeah. And who wants to do that? Right? At that moment. Who wanted to live? I'm telling you, I didn't want to live there. I didn't want to live where everybody knew what was going on in my, my home. I didn't want to live there where everybody knew my failures, my faults, all the things that had been taken care of. I did not want to live there. It wasn't that my parents didn't have a nice home, and it wasn't even about not having to pay rent. I just did not want to be there. Anywhere but here, God. As a mother, as a wife, as a pastor, as a daughter, as a friend, and person entirely, I felt like a failure. And anywhere in life could have been better than my here at that moment. But guess what? There was nowhere else to go, nowhere else to run, no funds to even do so if I wanted to. I would have been a hitchhiker, but here would have been better than there. And here began to slowly fade and we began to go to counseling, and we began to get jobs, and we began to get back on our feet. And there was hope where we were now. Our relationship with God began to rekindle, our marriage was restored, and a desire to get back up into ministry was stirring in the heart of mine and Brandon's. But here didn't seem so bad at that moment, but here wasn't there. And soon, our here changed again. With transition of God calling us to move to Terre Haute, Indiana, where my husband's family lived, where we are today. And honestly, and all honestly, Terre Haute was not our anywhere but here pick. Right? Brandon, he was never, ever moved by family. Honestly, Brandon never wanted to move back home. He never wanted to come back this way. This isn't where he wanted to be until God said... We want you to go back home. And he said, I want you to start a church. Huh? What? In Terre Haute? Okay, come on, God. You can pick anywhere but there. Right? That's what Brandon was saying, too. But we knew where God had called us. And we said yes to the call, which was amazing, at least at the beginning. And immediately after moving, now we're in what God wants us to do. We were right where we needed to be, right in the timing where God wanted us to be. And immediately after coming this way, then my body began to go through major changes. My days began to be filled with constant pain. And in one area or more, I enjoyed serving God. I struggled the most in. 
Now that I was in my here, which was okay, which was here at church, I wanted now to be anywhere physically but here. Do you, do you see the pattern? It wasn't just about where I was, you know, in the literal place of where I lived, and it wasn't always about that. No matter where I went, I always wanted to be anywhere but here. And as the years went by, receiving little help, little relief from pain, the pain magnified, my insecurities became greater, and my inabilities with it. And all I could say is, oh God, can I be anywhere but here? People came and went, friendship struggled, my desire to lead diminished, and my heart seemed crushed. Years continued to pass. Surgery upon surgery began to take place. Labels were passed down by my doctors. My children needed me to be here. The church needed me to be here. My spouse needed me to be here. My family needed me to be here. I needed me to be here, but I hated my here and now. Anywhere but here, God, where I am physically. Not for the fact of what others were doing in my life, but for the fact of what I thought God was not doing in mine. How could you bring me to this place, God? Now I was in a different state of wanting to be anywhere but here. But it wasn't so much to do with my surroundings or my situations, but internally I didn't want to be here in this place physically and in this place mentally. What could God possibly be doing with me like this in here? I find that there are a lot of things that we do in life that we look at this way, I find we often undervalue our here moments in our lives. We do it in so many things. If you could really stop and think about all the moments that you were in a here moment where you were in your life that you turned around and you said, uh, God, take me anywhere but here. Do any, anywhere but here in my finances, anywhere but here in my physical body, anywhere but here, maybe where I'm at in my status in my marriage or my friendships or my relationship, anywhere but here in the city I live in, anywhere but here in the home I live in. God, take me anywhere but here. And maybe even as you were listening to my personal story of my anywhere but here moments, which are not all of them, you were saying, yep, that's me, or I can totally relate right now. Because this mentality, talking about the mind, this mentality is so easy to have. It comes from a state of never fully being satisfied. You may have come to church today as a mom and thought, she's got it all together. Just look at how cute her kids are and how well put together her whole family is. I want to be where she is. Or you could be thinking how everyone you know is going on vacation to the beach or somewhere far away and you're stuck here for the summer, anywhere but here, right? Or you could be thinking my family dragged me to church today and I'd rather be at home in bed. Don't laugh, you know who you are. The anywhere but here mindset begins with discontentment. Discontentment begins in our lives as children. What little Susie got was better than what I got. Or, what, or how come little Johnny got what I didn't? How come he got that? Theirs is always better than mine. But I'm here to tell you today that there is not always better than here. And your there will eventually become your here moment once the newness wears off and discontentment sets in. 
See, the thing about it is God wants you to grow where he planted you. No matter where your here is, if he's planted you there, he will cultivate the environment to grow you exactly as he sees fit for your future. And I want to read you a story in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 9 in the message. This is an anywhere but here story. It says, this is the message from God of the angel armies, Israel's God, to all the exiles I've taken from Babylon, from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and make yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in the country and not waste away. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. Believe it or not, this is the message from God of the angel armies, Israel's God. Don't let all those so-called preachers and know-it-alls who are all over the place there take you in with their lies. Don't pay any attention to the fantasies they keep coming up with to please you. They're a bunch of liars preaching lies and claiming I sent them. I never sent them, believe me, God's decree. Now you're saying, an anywhere but here moment, what are you talking about? Well, let's go back. Israel had been exiled because they were disobedient to God. They did not follow his commands or his decree, and they became exiled, taken from the land that they knew, the place that they loved, and they were put into captivity in Babylon. And this was only a couple years into it, and they had to stay there. Guess what, guys? 70 years. And here, the place that they did not want to be, the place they did not want to grow, the place they did not want to put roots down, the place that they thought would not be their here moment, God is telling them to, to grow, plant families, do it, live up life. What? First of all, you took me from my home, and now you want me to make a new home when I had a good home back there, and I would rather be anywhere but here, and you have the power to do what you need, and he's saying, that's not what I said. Build, build right where I planted you. Grow right where I planted you. Put your roots down right where I planted you. God really did tell the people he put in captivity to grow, to build, to do. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. And you don't have to answer this like out loud. But, you know, some of you may be thinking in this room, hey, if I could, I would really rather build and grow right here. But this is where God's got you, right? And let me tell you what, Terre Haute's not so bad. Because guess what? I've lived in different places. I've lived in Arizona. I've lived in Kansas City. I've lived in Kansas. I've lived here. I've, we've lived in different areas. And guess what? Everywhere you live is just another Terre Haute. So guess what? Suck it up, buttercup, because God's holding you in to tell you, build and plant. Put your roots down. Quit listening to the liars. And dig yourself in deep. Because God knows the ground that will cultivate our hearts to grow for him better than we do. Your here may not have everything you want, but it has everything you need. It has everything you need to grow you. When you place your lives fully in God's hands, it's not up to you where, when, and how you grow. Did you hear me? Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you. God's a parent too. And we're his kids. 
So like when you tell your kids, hey, because I'm the parent and I said so, where do you think you got that from? Because guess what? God's the parent and he said so, right? It doesn't matter. It's not up to you where God wants to grow you. It's not up to you where he wants to plant you. And it is not up to you how he does it. It doesn't matter how you try so hard to make it different because let me tell you what, I've done that. It is not a fun game to play because in the end, I get stuck where I am longer than what I should have been because I didn't listen. I didn't want to grow. I'm not receiving any life or benefit from the situation because I'm kicking and screaming and I don't want to listen to God because my way is better than his. Right? Right? You go from a place of captivity in your mind to a place of freedom when you realize that right here, right now, God is in control. You go from a place of captivity in your mind to a place of freedom when you realize that right here and right now, God is in control. The enemy's desire is to constantly make you feel like a captive in your here that you have been planted in to stunt your growth and keep you from missing out on what God has for you. The devil doesn't want you to find contentment in God and where you are. So he will do everything in his path to throw it in your path to make you discontent. To make you unhappy. To make you grumble and complain and think everything about you is terrible. He did it to Eve. He didn't tempt Eve with what she had. He tempted, he tempted her with her lack. Think about it. Satan didn't tempt Eve with what she had. He tempted her with what she didn't have. Go to Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 7. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, his eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. As soon as Eve became discontented in her here by focusing on what she lacked, couldn't or didn't have, she made a rash decision that changed her life forever. And can all my mamas say amen in the room? If you know, you know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eve. Yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it alone. This is what's crazy is discontentment loves to share its misery with others. 
Eve shared her longing for her there with her husband. And instead of Adam standing firm in his contentment with God, he joined in with the lack of the flesh. Adam joined in with the lack. Can I tell you something, ladies, just, just for those of you that, you know, we got mamas in the room. Can I tell you something, ladies, for as you're, if you aren't married or you're younger and you're looking for somebody, can I tell you, find you somebody who will keep you accountable in your sin. Find you somebody who will look at you and say, hey, put that fruit down. Girl, you know you don't want to eat that. <laughs> if you have somebody that's alongside of you that's like, give me some of that, you got the wrong guy. And that goes vice versa, young men in this room. If you have somebody that can't discern with their contentment with God and are never satisfied, what makes you think they'll be satisfied with you? Okay? Find you somebody who longs for God, who desires God, and who is willing to be accountable to God and accountable to you. Your flesh will always cause you to see what's wrong with your here, but your spirit will always have the power to override the flesh if you allow it. See, the problem of it is, is when Eve did this, it created the grass is greener on the other side mentality. It starts with focusing so much on your lack and creates a desire in your heart for things that you were, weren't meant to have right now or even ever. Some things just aren't meant to be yours. Okay? Deal with it. It's all right. God knows what's best for you. He does not play favorites. Okay? I know it's hard to say that when somebody else is in a yacht right now and we're here in Terre Haute. I get it. But the fact of it is God does not play favorites. God isn't about the things of this world. He's about your heart. And he desires it more than anything. But the problem of it is, is Satan knows what gets us and what pulls at us. So he will always put something in front of us to think that what somebody else has or where everything else, else is is always better than where we are right here, right now with God. See, it makes there always look better than here. You place your future in jeopardy when you make rash decisions to jump from here to there. Adam and Eve's quick decision in their discontentment created disconnection. Discontentment creates disconnection. When you can't find contentment in your relationship with God, what happens is you begin to search in other things to find contentment, which creates disconnection. You cannot have God and the world. It doesn't work that way. You, you can't do it. There's no, there's no way to do it. So you have to realize what you want to be content in. And I'm telling you right now, you can either have contentment on this earth with all the riches and the wealth and all the things that you have. And I'm not saying those things aren't bad. If God wants to bless you and you still serve him full heartedly, go ahead, let him bless you. But if all you want is the desires of this world and the fame and the riches and the glory for yourself, guess what? That's all you're going to get. And it's not worth it. 
It's not worth it. The word here means in this place. And the word there means in that place. And where you are right here and right now matters. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Don had no idea what I was speaking about today. Not one. Actually, I haven't even gone over this message with my husband. I haven't talked about this to anybody. So the word of the Lord that came forth, talking about right here, right now, God has a word for you. Where you are right here, right now matters. If God wanted you in that place, he would have placed you there. Your here gives you the roots to grow you into your there. Your here gives you the roots to grow you into your there. You cannot grow where you do not allow your roots to settle. You cannot grow where you, you don't allow your roots to settle. What I love about the book and one of the things that I love that uh, Macy said from one of our very first Bible studies with the women, uh, it, she talked about how God asked her if she was a tree or a weed. Because weeds don't have roots that put down deep into the ground. They can grow anywhere that they please. They scatter themselves as they please. They do whatever they please. They pop up in places they're not meant to be. And they can just try to take over. But they don't have roots that go down deep. But trees have roots that go down deep and into the ground that can hold still and steady for God. And I think what God's trying to tell you is where are your roots at? And are you, I want to ask you, are you a tree or a weed? I love that when she said it, and it stuck with me. Because you cannot grow where you don't allow your roots to settle. God knows we will never be satisfied with there if we cannot find contentment right now, right here. You want God to give you something that you aren't even thankful for what he's already given you now. We are, let me tell you something. Something, that, something drives me nuts, and I, I love my kids to death, but I will tell you one thing that I cannot stand, and they will tell you this, is when you are disrespectful for the things that you have, it makes my neck want to fry the hairs off the back of my, uh, it makes me hot. I can't stand it. And the, thing, the reason of it is, is this. We may not have much, but you've got much. And the thing about it is, and I'm not, my kids are really good. I can say this. They don't really complain very often. Can't say they don't ever, but they don't complain a lot. But one thing we've tried to instill them in is if you want something else, be thankful for what you have. You're not going to look at me and be like, I don't want that. Especially when I cook dinner. Don't eat. You don't want it? Don't eat it. But this is not a restaurant. This is not have it your way. This is not Burger King. You don't rule. It's not what it is. This is home. Mom and dad rule. It's what it is. And the thing about it is, is that I think we treat God the same way when he gives us something. It's great at the moment until we go, I don't want that. This doesn't work like that anymore. The new car I just bought two weeks ago, I can't believe it. It doesn't work like this. It's not like theirs is. They got a new car better than mine. Their house is better than mine. Their dog's better than mine. Their friends are better than mine. Why don't you just go write you a brand new country song and have a party?
Because the thing about it is, is we become so discontent with the little things, but we want great big things to come into our hands. God doesn't work like that. He's not going to give you something so big when you can't take care of the little. Scripture talks about being faithful in the little things. So mamas, it's okay. Be faithful in the little things. God will honor you as long as you honor him. Moments get tough. I get it. But still honor God and do what's right. Be faithful in the little things because them little things are going to grow up and be big things one day. And if you want the big things that you had in your hand to treat people right and do right, you better teach them God. Do right. Contentment. Contentment, to be free from care because of satisfaction. Listen to this. This is the actual definition. I did not write this, and I love it. Contentment, to be free from care because of satisfaction with what is already one's own. It is more, this is Webster's Dictionary, just to let you know. It is more of an inward satisfaction. It's a permanent state of mind, not changed because of anything outwardly. Your state of contentment in your here does not come from your circumstances or situations, but from who you abide in. John chapter 15, verse 4 through 5 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. Remain in me. If you want good things and things to move in your life and to happen, that doesn't... Good things don't mean you get what you want. And let me tell you something, not every good thing is a God thing. So don't use them as an excuse to be like, oh, well, God, God said it. Did, did, did God really, did he really say? Because you need to know what God is really saying to you in your life and where you're at. I want to give you an example. Uh, we were cleaning up our yard a few weeks past and uh, as we were doing that, we were picking up sticks and pulling out the roots of an old dead tree that was there. And we were going around and we were cutting out um, some of the bigger bushes that were around some of the area of our tree that had grown up, our good tree that was still standing in the backyard. And as we were doing that, I looked around and uh, we have the trees that have all the little helicopters. Don't you love those things in the spring when they fill your gutters and all that kind of stuff? You know, and I have to be thankful because those are seeds. <laughs> that eventually are going to be planted. But, you know, when I'm cleaning out gutters and all the other areas of my home that have those going everywhere and I got trees growing where they're not supposed to be growing, I'm going, I could really use a different kind of tree in my yard right now, God. But he doesn't care. <laughs> the fact of it is, is I'm still there cleaning out. And as I was cleaning out around this, uh, the back of our tree, there were a bunch of thorn bushes that were growing up. And I looked down in the middle of it and there was one little sapling that was growing literally just growing in the middle of them. And as I looked at it, at the very moment that I looked down at that sapling, I heard the Lord speak to me and he began to tell me, when I'm growing in the wrong place, I root myself in the wrong conditions and lose the full effectiveness of who I'm meant to be. When I grow in the wrong place, I lose my effectiveness. See, what's crazy is that little tree looked like it was growing 
And it was. But guess what? Eventually that thorn bush was going to choke out the roots of those trees. And it would not grow to the full effectiveness. It might have looked good. It might have came up and done good. But it would not have been to its full effectiveness that it could have been. When I choose to skip here and move there at the wrong time, I end up going there without the proper tools to survive the conditions that I now am planted in. I may look like I'm growing until I get choked out and torn up by the environment that I place myself in. So you may look good, things may be going on, and you may be saying, oh God, I want to be anywhere but here. So what you do is you're like one of the helicopter little things that flies around because you're so flighty with God, you don't want to be rooted in Him. And so you just swing around wherever the wind blows you, wherever it's going to take you, and wherever you land, I guess this is where God wants me. And what happens is you may look good, like you're growing well, but on the inside, you're not growing at all. And the thing of it is, is God wants to grow you in your here moment. If that seed would have landed exactly where it needed to be, it could have possibly grown into a beautiful tree. But I ended up having to pull it out of the ground as I was cutting down the rest of the thorn bushes because guess what? It wasn't where it needed to be at the moment and it did not have the proper tools to cultivate life. Serving God. In our here place is not done out of an emotional response, yet out of true act of surrender to his will and not our own. See, you're not buried in your here. He's just rooting you for your next season. You gotta know where God wants you to be. Our emotions can cause us to be overly sensitive to the world around us and less sensitive to the Holy Spirit within us. Our emotions can cause us to be more sensitive to the world around us and less sensitive to the Holy Spirit within us. When you begin to let your emotions override you because you are like, I can't believe you put me here, God. Why do you not love me? Why are things not going on? Why is my health not getting any better? Why have you not miraculously healed me? Why don't I make a million dollars? You know, just different things that you can think in your mind of all the why, why, whys that we ask God. The problem of it is, is we are literally serving him out of an emotional response because we want that high that he gives us when we get what we want instead of gives us what we need. And God is looking to give you what you need. And you cannot serve God on emotional highs or lows. It's finding that consistency. And the only way consistency comes is when you choose to be rooted and allow him to do what he wants to do in the place of your here moment. I want to give you an example. Christy, put up the one where it just says here to there for me. So if you look at, nope, the other one back. Okay, so look at this real quick. The word here and the word there, the only difference in these two words is that T. But if you look at them, both of the words are rooted in here. And you know what God showed me about this? Is that if we realize that there is just a T junction or crossroads in our life for another here moment, we'd be in less of a hurry to get to there and appreciate the right here right now see they're both here so guess what you're trying so hard to get to there but your there moment will become your here moment once you get there because we don't live in the cross junctions 
Show me the one where it has the T circled. Here to there, look at the difference. It's just, just one little letter, just one little thing. Our theirs are just a T junction to our next here. They're just a T junction, just a T junction to our next here moment. And we don't live our lives in the intersections. We live them on the paths to get to Christ. I want you to think with me for a second. Think about setting at a four-way stop, right? If you lived and set at that four-way stop, what's going to happen? Think about it. Can you just set at a four-way stop even though the traffic's moving and things are going on? Can you just set there? Does it work that way? No, you're going to have somebody that's ticked off, mad. You're going to have traffic back up. And in the end, you're going to get in a wreck. Because if you choose to want to live at the intersection, guess what? You place yourself in harm's way. When you just want to live at that T-junction in life, you place yourself in harm's way. And I think the problem about it is, is see, we're not, we're not focusing on where God has us right here, right now. We're so future focused that we can't even focus on what God's doing right at this minute. We're always worried about tomorrow. What's tomorrow going to do? What's happening the next day? How's this going to take place? Instead of just focusing on where God has you right now. And you always want to live at the crossroads section of what God has for you and, and, and get to that next place, to that next place. And what's happening is you are wrecking your life, missing out on what he he has for you here. Once you get to the T, no matter what path you take, the path now becomes your here until another T intersection comes along. You can want there all you want. Let me ask you a question. If do you want you want that new promotion? Maybe you're wanting that new promotion so bad at your job right? Because that's your there. That's where you want to be. I need that new promotion so bad. I want to get there. I want to get there. And you're, you keep saying, well, why can't I get this job? And now I'm frustrated. And why won't God open the doors for you? Maybe he just knows that you're not ready to deal with the responsibility that comes with your promotion. And I think God's trying to tell us right now, take responsibility in where you are right now with who I am in your life, with the things that you have around you right now. Be responsible, and then God begins to open other doors. Sometimes we just don't have the right tools to, in our, for our next season right yet. But maybe it's because you're not rooted in what God wants for you. Maybe it's because you just haven't spent enough time digging in to seek and find what his desires are. Just like God warned the children of Israel in verses 8 through 9 of Jeremiah 29, he said, Don't let all those so-called preachers and know-it-alls who are all over the place there take you in with their lies. Don't pay attention to the fantasies that keep coming up with to please you. There are a bunch of liars preaching lies and claiming I sent them. I've never sent them. Believe me, God's decree. And I wanted to tell you this. Don't allow the lies of the enemy that roll through your mind from anyone or anything take you out of your here moment. 
Don't allow the lies of anyone. The reason God told them that was because there were different prophets coming along and preachers and teachers trying to tell them that God was going to release them from captivity and they were going to get to go free. And God's like, I did not say that. I said 70 years and 70 years is final, period, done, capiche. It's what it is. And if anybody else is trying to tell you differently, then they're a liar. But how many times do we allow our ears and our minds to be changed by what everybody else is saying to try to decipher what God has said? What is God saying to you? Where has God placed you? If God didn't say move, then why are you moving? Don't be so in a hurry that you make rash decisions like Adam and Eve did that can change your future forever. Life is not meant to be lived in a fantasy or however you please. It says, don't pay any attention to the fantasies they keep coming up with. Life is not meant to be lived in the fantasy or however you please. But what if we lived our lives, instead of living them to please ourselves, we lived them to please God? When you spend your time focusing solely on there, you miss valuable opportunities in your right here and right now moment with God. You can complain about your here all you want, but it doesn't change the fact that here is where you are. You can complain all you want about where God's placed you. You can fight it kicking and screaming all you want on your here moment with God, no matter where that is whether it's literally inside personally, where, whether you're talking about living here, whether you're talking about financially, whether you're talking about in relationships, you can complain all you want. If it's where God's placed you, that's where he's placed you. If it's not, then you need to ask yourself, where did I miss my here moment? And where do I need to go back to? Where did I jump too soon from to try to create something amazing in this fantasy that I wanna live in? Don't waste your life wishing it away. Don't spend your time looking for someday gifts and miss the ones God's given you today. One of the things that the lady said in the book we're reading is she said, here is all we have. And it's the truth. Here is all we have. God will always be more concerned for your growth than your comfort. Matthew 6, 34 in the message says, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Say it again. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And I want to ask you something. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But instead of focusing on anywhere but here, what would happen if you flipped the script and focused on nowhere else but here, God? Instead of focusing on anywhere but here, 
Why not flip the script and focus on nowhere but here with you, God? If here's where you have me, if my job is where you have me, then I want to do it with everything within me because here's the moment where you're teaching me and you're growing me. If in my physical health, if this is where you have me, then here's the moment that you're teaching me and you're growing me to do what needs to be done. Whether much or little financially, here is where you have me. I'd rather do it with you than anything else than try to jump and be there without you. Because nowhere else but with God is always better than anywhere but here without him. Nowhere else but with God is always better than anywhere but here without him. You're here for a purpose and your here was purposefully cultivated for, just for you. Wherever God has you was, was planned just for you. I know that that doesn't sound fun. I know that sometimes it doesn't seem real easy when everything's going on. And I'll tell you, my circumstances from the story at the very beginning haven't necessarily changed to become perfectly better. My health still struggles. I still have things that go by with pain and physical ailments. I have not been miraculously healed. And at times it feels that more problems rise. But what's the crazy thing is my perception has changed. See, my mindset is not so set on my problems that I have here than the goodness of God here with me right now. Instead of me saying anywhere but here, God, I choose to say here I am. Do with me as you choose to see fit. And I think the thing about it is, is God's wanting to ask you, are you willing to say, I'm here, I am God, right here in this moment? It's not easy at times to want to spend your life in a place where it's uncomfortable, where things don't seem always joyful at times. But I'm just trying to tell you, what's your perception? Change your mindset. What's God trying to teach you? And if you feel like you're back at this place again, you ever had a time where you're like, how did I get here again? <laughs> how did I get here at this moment again? Then ask, what did I miss the first time, God, so I can get out of here what I need to get so I can go to the next place with you? And only in your timing, because I don't want to rush to jump to get to there when I'm not ready. It's looking to see what God has for you right here, right now. So I want to ask you today, if you know that you're in the room and that you have been struggling so bad with where God has you, that all you can focus on is your lack instead of what you really have with him, that you feel like you're in a place of discontentment and you want to break that cycle so that God can help you find contentment with him, then I want you to raise your hand, raise your hand know that God's saying I, you need to break the cycle of discontentment in your life because anywhere but here is not better than where I am right now. Amen? Amen. If that's you, we're going to all stand and what I want to do is I want to ask you if you come forward this morning because we want to pray over you, those of you that raised your hand. Go ahead and stand with us. Let's go. God's moving in the altar. If that was you that raised your hand, it's, it's open. at a place where you're tired of saying, man, I'm, I'm always back here. I'm tired of being
just content. I want to find contentment with God. Because God wants to move over you and you're here. And it's not, again, I'll tell you this, your here moments are not going to look like what you think they're going to be. So I'll tell you this right now. Don't plan on walking out of here like everything's going to be a bed of roses and wonderful. Yes, you are going to get some amazing cookies, moms, to go. And we're putting some sugar on top of it. But I'm just telling you, you may go home and you may feel like a little bit ain't listening. And you're struggling because you don't know how to quit the crying. You may go home and you feel like your, your teens and the people around you don't appreciate you. You may go to your job and feel like, oh, my Lord, i got to go here again. I don't want to be here. You know what I'm saying? You may feel like that. You may feel like in the circumstances right in here that it's not changing. You may feel physically that there's things that are not shifting. But the fact of it is, is God is wanting to give you a mentality and a perception of, I would rather be here with God than over there without him. I'd rather be in this moment. And it's okay because I'm telling you right now, serving God, I'm just going to tell you in all honesty, whoever told you serving God was easy is a liar. Serving God is hard. It's hard work. But one thing that I remember that my parents taught me is anything that's hard work is worth working for. And working for a relationship with God and Him doing something in you is worth working for. It's worth being right here, right now, present with him. And see, what's awesome is you took the stand today to say, hey, I want to step out of discontentment. I want to not be complaining all the time about the things that are around me and find the joy and the purpose of where I am. It's hard to do that sometimes when things aren't easy. But when Jesus Christ is center right here, that's what makes all the difference. So what we're going to do is the worship team is going to sing. And I want to let you know we're going to pray over these that have come up. And if you want to stay and you want to spend some time and worship, you are more than welcome to. If you'd like to do that, if you feel that you are ready to leave, you're more than welcome to do that too as well. We have the table back there that has the cookies and the flowers for the moms. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Don't miss your right here, right now moment with God. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity to, to say, God, right here, right now, I want you to use me in however, whatever way you, I, that you see fit. Not how I see fit, but how you see fit. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you one more time, happy Mother's Day to every single one of our moms. But we're going to spend some time with Jesus because he's our sole focus. And I'm telling you right now, if you came in... Oh, I'm tripping. Sorry. Listen, if you, are, if you are anybody who is serving, just stay right here. If you came... Ser- listen... I'd rather you get what God has for you than serve me a cookie. I'll just tell you that. Okay? Here we go. I'm going to pray over you guys right here, and then we're going to pray right here. We're going to spend some time, so I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes with me. And we're just going to pray first for a minute. God, right here, right now, we choose to be with you. We choose to focus on you. We choose for you to be our sole goal, our sole direction. And God, we ask that you would just come give us clarity today. God, I pray over every person in this room right now that even if they didn't come up, God, that they would learn, God, to find contentment in their life with you, with being satisfied with what they have. And if what they have is you, you are all they need. I thank you, God, for every mom in this room. 
and for every person, God, that you have set here, right here, right now, in this place, for this timing and this position with you, God. We worship you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name.